The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to a new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter accounts at McCarthy 74 This week's guests include Singleton Super Value Brunel's club captain and Irish international co-captain Edel Thornton joins us. Munster Hockey Club Clonakilty take on Belfast side NICS in this weekend's Women's Hockey Challenge Cup semi-final. We hear from the Cork Club ahead of the high-profile clash. Munster Women's Rugby Chairperson Wendy Keenan is back for a weekly review of all the latest local women's rugby news. AFL expert coach Mike Curran returns to offer his expert analysis on another big week for Irish Aussie rule players down under. Republic of Ireland Women's Under-17 manager James Scott joins us to preview this weekend's friendlies against Switzerland. And Cork LGFA manager Shane Ronane and vice-captain Melissa Duggan give their reactions from Crow Park. Finally, a review of positive weekend for Cork Camogie. Hearing from Cork Camogie senior captain Amy Lee and manager Matthew Toomey, plus the Cork Intermediate captain Finola Neville and manager Trevor Coleman. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Singleton Supervalue Brunel's run to the summit of the misquote.ie Women's Basketball Super League has sparked a title battle with the address UCC Glanmire. I interviewed Brunel club captain and Irish international co-captain Edel Thornton to find out about her team's upturn in form and what's in store over the final weeks of a terrific season. Now, it is a real thrill here on the Big Red Bench to have the Irish international co-captain and uh, one of Singleton Supervalue Brunel's top players this year, Edel Thornton, on the show. Edel, you're very welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Not at all. Okay, let, let's start with the obvious one. Uh, Singleton Supervalue Brunel have been on some fantastic run of form. You are now, as we record this podcast, uh, joint top of the misquote.ie Super League alongside the address UCC Glanmire, uh, 36 points each. They have, Glenmire obviously have a game in hand, but there's still a bit still a bit to go. First of all, it must be fantastic to be part of a team that's playing so well. And um, how how enjoyable have you? How much are you enjoying your basketball right now? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I think at the start of the year, if you had told us we would be at the top of the league, we would have believed you, but we would have really struggled to believe you at some stage, just because we were really on. We we knew what we could do, but we knew we had an awful way go to actually do it um, but we're absolutely thrilled to actually be top of the league and it's not the first time this season that we've been top or joined top so I think it's just a testament to the club and to the players and everyone that's involved especially Singleton as well for all his support like getting us to where we are it's it's an incredible feeling um, How much how much is down to your coach Tim O'Halloran and how much is down to the way the players have adapted in the last couple of weeks Edel um, you've been at the top as you said before but at the business end of the season and trying to keep pace with a team like UCC Glanmire is not easy what's happened in recent weeks has it just been an upturn in form with all the players is it a collective thing? Um, yeah for me anyway it's definitely um, a collective thing I think everyone on the team is playing better everyone's improved on both ends of the floor and from top to bottom, from Timmy and Malcolm, the whole way down, I think everyone is seeing how good we actually can be. And that actually makes it easier to buy harder in training and dive on those loose balls just because we know where we want to be and we can see it. Like, you can see it as clear as day. When we're, do- when we're playing really well, we have the ability to be the best team in the league. 
Um, it's it's good news for, for basketball fans and it's good news for the sport, the fact that the misquote.ie Super League Women's League is getting so much media attention now. There seems to be a lot more media attention both on Tina G uh, with live coverage of the obviously the cup finals and the weekends, but also just the social media presence and you're on here on the big red bench. Uh, we've got a basketball player on as often as we possibly can. Have you noticed that in the last couple of I suppose twelve months is and certainly coming out of COVID, that basketball seems to be garnering more and more attention. Yeah, I I have mentioned it before, I think in a previous interview, just I think COVID showed me how many people actually support basketball and coming out of it, you can really see the uptake on the media. Uh, even with our Irish games and with the Super League, it's second to the, when I left to go to the States to come back, there's no comparison. Um I think everyone has done a, a brilliant job of promoting the games that we play and the people around the game have done an amazing job in promoting us as players. Like. And your opinion of the quality of the misquote of the Women's Super League this year, Edel, because as co-captain of the Irish team, you play against you know some of the best players in the world at international level, but at club level and having coming back from the United States, to me and from speaking to other players and coaches over the past couple of months, um, everyone's talking about the quality of it this year. UCC Glanmire have been up there, you've been up there, but the overall quality of, of the product itself. I think it's the strongest league in a couple of years, to be honest. Um, and I could be biased because it's my first year back in a few years. like So I haven't really been in it to actually feel it. But I don't think there's been a league that has been this even in a few years. Like There's four to five teams fighting for those top positions. Um, and I don't think it's been like that in a while. And that's just a testament to the calibre of players that are playing at the moment and the coaching, the coaching that's happening across the country. But I do, I really think that the standard we're playing at now will enable the Irish team to play at the the standard of the European standard that we'll meet next year and the next two years. Excellent stuff. Um, you spent four years in a Division One college basketball at Quinnipiac University, so you gained huge experience over there. Um, you came back in the in the interim uh, with Trinity. You were at Trinity College, and with the Meteors Club, you helped them. Um, gain promotion to the Super League but now that you're back with Singleton Super Value Brunel how much does it mean to you to be playing for this particular club and what are the things that you've brought back from America now that you're able to bring onto the court for your teammates uh, It's brilliant to be home honestly um, with all my experiences there's really, really nothing like playing at home um, for the club that I grew up with it's, it's emotional in all aspects um, and it, it has given me that extra little oomph this year. Um, I always have, I'm always very competitive, but there's an added, uh, I suppose, competitiveness to the way I'm playing this year, just being home. Um, but I think coming back, the one big thing that I would say I brought from the state home is a leadership quality that I didn't have. Um, I was always a silent leader, I suppose, and I was very encouraging to everyone, but I'm a lot more vocal now than I was. Um, before I left so I definitely that's the big thing that I added to my game um, when I left uh, when I left the States to come home it was one thing that I really knew myself that I had to I had to lean in on that leadership quality that I learned um, especially with Brunel you know I'm one of the oldest on the team now I when I left I was the youngest so like coming home it was really important to be the leader on the floor and you know get us to where we are now. And how much of those American experiences as co-captain of the Irish international team are you able to bring on to the international level? Like you're dealing with elite players from this country and playing some of the best players in the world, as I already said. Um, how much have you been able to adapt and how much has it improved you at international level? I think just uh, 
emotionally, like when you go out to play this caliber of players, sometimes it can kind of overwhelm you. Whereas when I was in the States, I played against this caliber week in, week out. And especially in March, you know, you play against the top players in college basketball um, on a regular basis. So I think that prepared me definitely for the European standard. But um, the level that we played in November and that we're going to play this November was another step up again um, so I definitely think just the experience that I had in the States of winning games and losing games has prepared me for to be resilient in the third and fourth quarters of games where we're up against really hard you know really hard and tough components opponents so like it's just it's a mental game at that at that point is getting another stop getting a score you know it, it definitely prepared me playing against such high caliber players there I can translate it better, I would think, um, against the level of the European standard that we're playing now. Indeed, and that European standard, Ireland currently attempting to be one of the 14 nations, or 14 remaining places, to qualify for the FIBA Eurobasket 2023 Championships. Um, you're in a tough group as it is with the Netherlands and the Czech mm-hmm. Republic, who've already played. Now, Belarus are next up, but we don't know what the situation is with there because of, of, of political and war and situations in that country. But what's what's on the horizon for the remainder of the year, Edel, once, once the domestic season is over? Um, what are you hoping to be involved with with the, with the Irish international team? Uh, James was actually on to me today that he's going to roll out a plan for the summer um, just so people can get ready. You know, we'll know when we're training, where we're going. Uh, I know we'll have some games at home, hopefully, um, and some games away uh, just to get us ready and They'll be hard games and they'll be against um, very, very talented countries. But that's the cal- that's the standard of players that we're going to be playing uh, come November and February again. So the harder the competition, the better for us at this stage to get us ready for it. Um, we're not 100% sure what the summer will look like, but I know that it will involve home games and away games. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, Idel Thornton, it's been an absolute pleasure here uh, to speak to you on the Big Red Bench. Um, obviously, things are very busy as we come to the end of the misquoted IE Women's Super League uh, title chase, and you're, 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 you and your club are deeply involved in that. We wish you well in that. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll catch up, uh, if not before the end of the season, just after to see, to review how the year went. And all the best for the coming year with the Irish international team as well. Thanks a million. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM. It is a massive weekend for Munster Hockey Club Clonakilty, who hosts Belfast side Northern Ireland Civil Service in the Irish Women's Hockey Challenge Cup semi-finals this weekend. I spoke to some Clonakilty Hockey Club members about reaching the last four of the prestigious competition and what it means for the club. Now, we are joined here on the Big Red Bench by members of the Clonakilty Hockey Club who are in this weekend's uh, semi-final of the Irish Women's Hockey Challenge Cup where they welcome Belfast side NICS to Skartok in Clonakilty for what is a big profile game for the club. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, player Emer Helen, Lisa Kemp and Maeve Murphy. Ladies, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks very Thanks, much, Jared. Excellent stuff. I'm going to start with you, Lisa. Um, Clonakilty Hockey Club is around a long time. It's very, very much part of the community uh, in, in the town itself. First of all, can you give us a sem- just an idea of how many players are, are currently playing and the kind of setup of the club um, and how, uh, how important a weekend this is? Yeah, absolutely, Jer. So, you know, it's our 10th competitive season now taking part in the Munster League. And, you know, I suppose we're the most southern hockey club in Ireland. Um, so it's fantastic that the club came together back in uh, 2011. Um, at the moment, we have about 
230 players registered, I think, this season, and everything kind of underage level, from, you know, under 10, under 12, there's under 14 teams, under 16, and then within the ladies' leagues, we have Division 3 and Division 6. Um, so, you know, it's great. We have both the adult and the uh, underage sections are thriving this year, so it's great to see it going well. Lisa, can I, just, I mean, you, you mentioned the numbers there. That's highly unusual for a hockey club, even for one like with an urban area like Clannacilty. It's fantastic to see that, num- that number of girls playing hockey and you must be delighted with the response. Oh, absolutely. You know, even when I was in, like, as a schoolgirl myself, Jerry, you know, we, we always travelled to Bandon if we wanted to, have, to play club hockey, if we had an interest in that. And I suppose back in my day, our interest was very much driven by we played with Sacred Heart Secondary School and Rob Yojana, who was, you know, fundamental in getting us involved in the sport. But if you did have the longing to play club, you know, we did travel into Bandon, um, many of us you know, during the winter months. And uh, we, we kind of took our passion onwards from there. So, you know, in having now our own underage section in Clan, having it available for the young girls in, in the locality, you know, it's fantastic to be able to kind of get them into the sport young and, and get them interested. And we'd love if we had the option to perhaps take on boys as well. But I think we need a second pitch to cater for uh, numbers if we expanded into that area too quickly. But no, it's definitely going from strength to strength. Um, and, and it's fantastic that we're able to bring this new sport into the community of Clonakilty. Um, Maeve, you are long uh, involved in this club. I mean, I've seen you involved mm-hmm. for many, many years. It, it, it's very, very important to you and a huge amount of people um, are involved like yourself and have got this off the ground. How delighted are you to see the, the, the level of interest and the numbers of young girls right through from underage, right up now, up to senior playing for Clonakilty Hockey Club? Oh, Ger, it's fantastic to see the numbers. And I suppose the buzz now that this match is creating, even for the kids, is is brilliant. They're delighted to see the girls. And most of those girls um, have given back in spades to the underage there over the years. Um, because to be fair, when the underage started back in 2015, um, it, it was just muted again because girls were traveling into band and we attended a meeting and those of us that were there that night, I'm afraid we'll have to come clean and say we had very little hockey knowledge. Um, so we kind of used this skill set we had, I suppose my own from my own working background would be dealing with children. Um, and we used that with little hockey and then tried to drag anyone we knew with a hockey stick or a cousin of theirs that was a hockey player. Anybody was useful. So the girls came to us. The senior girls used to come down on a Friday night that time from six to seven on a rota basis. And they were the knowledge. And I suppose we were just facilitating the club. Really, we were a facilitating organization. And um, and then as time grew, I suppose we ourselves then went about going on hockey coaching courses and like I would have played little or no hockey myself just in secondary school so I would have had no skill set so we went on the basic hockey coaching courses and kind of bluffed for a while and grabbed people really ex-players around the town that would have played um, when they were younger because I suppose unlike other clubs like the GA and rugby there wasn't the amount of people to draw on you know we didn't have those kind of resources of ex-players it was kind of a very small Um, set of players that we had available to us so in that way that was our biggest challenge then whereas I'm kind of delighted now to see how it has moved on and we can see those girls not alone are they back after having their young families they're back playing like Lisa or whatever but they're also back now coaching this year so I can see how I suppose what we have held in trust for them really is kind of there ready now to be taken over you know, and grown and maybe on a better skill set than we were able to provide all along. But it has worked so far. And 
I suppose what we do see is that the kids love, they love hockey, they love it, they love the structure of it, and maybe the lack of pressure, it's very non-competitive at underage, and I think that suits the kids as well. Yeah, and that's a very good assessment of where where you've come from and where you are. And where you are, uh, Vice Captain Emer Helen of the uh, of the senior team, is you are in the semi-finals of a competition, which is a prestigious one, the Irish Women's Hockey Challenge Cup. You're playing a very, very good side in Belfast NICS. Um, you play your trade in Division Three of the of the hockey league at the moment. So can I ask you just the run to the semi-final? First of all, is a fantastic run for you. You must be delighted with that. How much of that is down to the fact that you've got such a large squad now? You've got a younger group of players coming through, helping, you know, push the more experienced players to keep their places. And, and to reach a semi-final is fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing to be in the final. Like, we're just buzzing, to be fair. Um, and I suppose, like, there's been a lot of commitment through from the start of the season. Like, our start of the season is always... Girls are taken to, to camogie and football, and it's great that they're involved in that, but it means we kind of lack a few players at the start of the season. But I suppose this like this season is no different to any other. Same thing happened at the start. We, we you know, there was camogie matches and they couldn't commit, but I suppose we persevered, we played on, and for now to be in a hockey challenge final or a semi-final in the hopes to reach the final is just amazing. And I suppose, like, uh, looking back when we won it eight years ago, we have we have five of the same players that were playing on that team, on the team this year, and and a lot of younger players as well, which is keeping the team going. I mean, their legs and their fitness is just amazing. So, um, and the commitment as well, like, we train two hours on a Thursday night, hail, rain or shine, you know, we have a massive squad turning out for training. It's great, but not only us, I suppose, John has to be commended for his um, dedication, his commitment, his belief in us, because I suppose without him, like we wouldn't be here. And, you know, he's he's a great asset to the club and he's just super committed. His belief, his encouragement to us is amazing. And I don't think we'd be as far without him, really. Very well said. Um, yeah, uh, Lisa, if I go back to you again, this is a big occasion for Clonakilty Hockey Club on Saturday, February 26th. So what time is the game taking place? And I know you want to attract as many supporters as you possibly can to get behind the girls. Yeah, we absolutely do. You know, um, fingers crossed there won't be as many storms as last weekend, Jer, and people will actually be able to come out. But it's on at two o'clock in the Asha Turf in Clon. And, you know, to get a home game has been massive. You know, we've been very, very fortunate in the draw this year. It's like we've been so lucky. We had a home game, another home game. We, we held our breath. You know, we could see what teams had qualified for the quarterfinals. And it was ourselves, Bangor, NICS and Wexford. And we're kind of thinking, oh, good Lord, how, how far are we going to have to travel for this? And we really couldn't believe our luck when we got the home draw, you know, and we just hope that our luck won't run out on Saturday. But yeah, but Saturday 2 p.m. the Ashton Turf, really hoping for a big game. There'll be a very strong side coming down from Belfast and it'll be definitely a, a very high skill, competitive game to watch. So if ever, you know, if, if it was to be your first hockey match you've ever seen in your entire life, it's probably a good one to, to come and have a, a look at. <laughs> Excellent marketing there, Lisa. Fair play to you. Um, Maeve, from your point of view, you've seen the quiet times, the difficult times, the difficulty in getting this up off the off the ground and a lot of young players and getting them into the senior setup. Um, it'll be a very pro day for you. Um, and a lot of other a lot of a lot of other people who helped get this club going, irrespective of the result. You obviously want to win, but how important is it, you know, that you get big occasions like this into Clonic Guilty? Oh, I think it's fantastic. It's such an opportunity. And I suppose, again, it goes back to people like, as Emer was saying, John Dennis, Melvin Beamish, who gave years of his time there, um, you know, with no 
attachment to the club, but into the underage that are now all those girls. When I was looking back actually on some of the photographs since 2015, and I could see some of the young girls that are now playing with Division Three and that started off those first one or two years. I mean, it is fantastic to see them up there with the older squad um, and, you know, making their contribution uh, to clan hockey. So um, it's a huge occasion for them. And you can see the young girls, it's it's a massively popular sport. Like we've gone from our biggest problem being coaches to now pitch space is a big issue at the moment, a big issue for clan Kilty Town. Um, AstroTurf. Uh, pitch space on, on any of the nights is at a premium so that's where we are and I suppose that's like the the give back of everybody in the club it's it's really about the cooperation of everybody and I'm sure every club is like that it, it's the older members giving back to younger members and just people getting involved getting stuck in and you know regardless of what skills they have you know we're delighted to see anybody that's willing to come down and help in on any level um to 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 bring the girls along because it's you can see they turn out every year. We're kind of there trying to wonder, oh, we have a kind of a cap on numbers for insurance and for pitch space. But um, it's to try and get everybody playing and, you know, give them an opportunity of playing hockey. Like, so it's, it's a popular sport at the moment. So it's fantastic that uh, Saturday will be such a big occasion for them. It certainly will. We'll give the final word to you, Emer, because you're a player. You're going to be involved. Um Amidst all the occasion, amidst all the big hype that's that's surrounding this game, you have to actually go out and play in ICS from Belfast. And they are an established, very established and a very, very talented hockey team. How important is it for you and your players that you don't play the occasion and you play the actual semi-final? This was extremely important. I suppose we just, uh, you know, like we know at Ulster Hockey, they always play well. Like hockey is massive up there. They always come down with a strong team. So... I suppose we just have to go out and play our own game, be confident in ourselves on the pitch. We have the skill, we have the pace, just believe in our own confidence and play our own game. And hopefully on the day, we'll, we'll come out on top. Um, but yeah, it's all about believing in ourselves, I suppose, and playing our own game and not getting too caught up in the occasion. Just, I suppose, believe that it's like a normal league match, like we've been playing all along and hopefully we'll come out on top at the end of the day. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed indeed. Well, everybody here on the Big Red Bench uh, wishes you all the best on Saturday, irrespective of the result. We hope it's a brilliant day for the club and it's the launch pad for perhaps even more things in the future. To Lisa, Liv and Emer, thank you very, very much for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. Thank you. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Monster Women's Rugby Chairperson Wendy Keenan is back on the Big Red Bench for another review of the past week's Women's Rugby International and Munster Provincial headlines. Now it is that time of the week again where we get a full roundup of all that has been happening in Munster Women's Interprovincial and Club Rugby. There's a lot going on at this time of the year despite the bad weather. Uh, although a lot of postponements unfortunately last weekend due to the storm just like every other sport. But we're delighted to welcome back Wendy Keenan. Wendy, how are you? I'm great, sir. And many thanks for the, the invite back again this week. Not at all. We're getting a good uh, good feedback on it. A lot of people interested in hearing about Munster Women's Rugby. So let's dive straight in. In the Division 1 League, in, this, in the adult senior section, there's a big match coming up this coming weekend, and that's Tipperary against Kerry. Why is this uh, such a, a significant game, Wendy? Um, I suppose, look, they were due to meet each other in the semi-final of, of the Cups uh, this past weekend. Unfortunately, the Storms have just played havoc with fixtures. So they'll meet this, this weekend now coming in the, in the league. And I suppose an added incentive for the league winners this year is a new competition that's in place in All-Ireland 
junior competition. So they'll be looking to qualify for that. It's a new addition to the calendar this season uh, and an exciting one. Um, the, the the increase in popularity in rugby, I mean, you t- you kind of take it for granted, Wendy, in Cork with, with respect because there's so many clubs and there's so much history around the place. You see the likes of Ballincollig and Dolphin springing up at women's clubs. It's kind of understandable considering, you know, what was there before them on the men's side. But in places like Tipperary and Kerry, the fact that there's now what looks to me, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, a thriving underage scene. You know, it's it's small numbers, but they're growing, and it's feeding up into the adult side of things. Am I right in that? And that this seems to be a, a bigger thing around the province. Absolutely, and I suppose look when we created a Kerry and a, and a Tipperary entity, it was to provide a pathway for girls through their underage section with their own clubs, and they would have the option then of continuing into the adult game. And look, we are hoping that we'll grow the numbers so that you know the clubs will have their own individual adult teams. But in the meantime, we do have those county models. It worked for the GAA, so it's, it's nothing new. So we're just taking that on board to provide that pathway to the adult game for for those particular regions. Brilliant stuff, and it seems to be working. Um, a lot of under-18 Cup results, or was there this past weekend? Yes, we have a few results, a few big results. Lots of scoring going on this weekend. I don't know whether the wind was a factor <laughs> blowing people over the line, or, uh, you know what I mean, I'm sure it was very mucky in some places, but uh, Emmett had a big win over Ballinacoulouse, that's 53-10. That sees our league winners, Ballinacoulouse, knocked out of the Cup and into the plate competition, because this week was our knockout. Um, Tralee had a 41-25 win over Brough and another big win and in the Development Cup there was a very exciting match in Newell with Waterpark beating Nina 38-27 so some big results there for, for a couple of the clubs And good as well Wendy just on that that the, the fact that there's a plate you know you are out of the cup but you're giving chances to, to, to clubs to play continue their knockout journey if they want to do that Absolutely, really important. So they, they have two rounds each. Each team had two rounds of a cup before they were ever knocked into a place. And then we have that development cup competition new this year that, you know, gives it a place to play cup competition for those developing clubs, you know what I mean, that are building their numbers and might have girls that are very new to the game. Brilliant. Uh, coming up now this weekend is the turn of the under 16s. Yes. So home derby nearly. Killarney played three. Uh, Shannon play Broth and Clonakilty will host Carrigan Shore versus Harless. So three very exciting matches now coming up next weekend um, at that knockout stage for that under-16 cup competition. And the under-16 development cup, this is another venture for Munster Women's Rugby this year that you're, you're, not, you're extending the cup competitions again to a development uh, tournament as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to mention our under-14 development cup um, competition. Uh, we have huge numbers growing from that minis game into the under-14 and a very strong uh, vegan cup competition. But added to the development cup, we've lots of fixtures coming up. And I was going to give uh, some of them a mention. So all Crescent are playing are hosting Scarif, Killarney versus Ballincollig, Kinsale versus Bandon. There's amalgamation between Middleton and Yall versus Ivera Eagles. Lovely to see a new addition there coming from Kerry. Nina Ormond versus Feathered and Waterpark versus Kanchak. So that's the Development Cup at under 14. So you can see all those names coming up now. Those clubs are developing their numbers, developing their players and moving towards a more competitive competition. Outstanding. And when you're mentioning not just under 16 and under 18, but under 14 as well, the number's definitely on the increase there. Let's turn to the adult section of Munster Women's Rugby because this is a huge weekend for the Women's AIL League finals. Normally it would be a big weekend anyway, but it's extra special this year, Wendy. It is because it's going to be, you know, it's televised this year. Now, both UL Bohemians and Ballincollig will be disappointed with recent results, which has kept them out of their respective top playoffs. Ballincollig have had a huge year, you know, their first year playing at AIL and have done extremely well. 
UL Bohemians have struggled in the last couple of weeks and they'll be very disappointed not to be in the in the top two. However, with three matches being televised on Tina G, so if, 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 you, if the weather, if those storms come in, you can close you up by the fire and at two o'clock, you'll have the third, fourth playoff between UL Bohemians and Old Belvedere. The conference final will take place at 4.45 between Sithonians and Gaulregans and the big final at 7.30, the league final between Black Rock and Railway Union. And I'm sure that is going to be a cracker. We're going to see all those Irish girls playing. That new Irish coach has um, uh, freed everybody up so that they will finish out the league with their clubs. So, I mean, Ballancolic will finish out their league campaign at home hosting Wicklow and they will hope, I suppose, to put um, a win at the end of their season on the league and they're working towards their play semi-final in the cup so they'll be looking for a big performance as well this Saturday Brilliant and what a weekend it's going to be and what a showcase and an opportunity to showcase the best of the AIL League and Munster Women's Rugby on television let's hope it gets the big numbers and a crowd as well finally yeah. Wendy um, the first of the development squads in action this weekend the Munster Women's Under 18s they're taking on Connacht they're taking on Connacht we've had a lot of girls we've had over 100 girls training in our development squads over the past couple of weeks uh, and even bef- before Christmas as well, and uh, they've been working really hard. So we have excellent representation from the south of the province. And I suppose this is testament to the great work that's being done at the clubs, and that's really important that we acknowledge that. So the under-18s are actually training today, and their match against Connacht will take place at the weekend. And there's a few key players I'd expect to feature at the weekend, although the squad isn't named um, yet. But um, Saskia Richley from Bantry Bay, um, sister to two of her, her brothers who play for Munster, and she's been captaining that underage skating team. And I would expect a big performance out of her. She features at um, phase number seven, and she's it's her second year playing with that underage squad. But just to mention a few of the other players, Megan O'Callaghan, um, who plays the Clannock Hill team, she's prop. Lucia Lynn from Dolphin, she plays on the wing. Uh, Hannah Morgan from Middleton, who also plays on the wing. And the second row from Ballon colleague, Abby Murphy. And finally, Anna Roach from Mitchellstown. So I would see those guys featuring in that match against Connacht at the weekend. So we'll be looking forward to a good result um, from Munster after the weekend. Brilliant. Let's hope that Munster can uh, round off what will be a very um, active weekend. And we wish the uh, the clubs, Ballon colleague and UL Bohemians, all the best in the AIL League finals. And everybody in, involved in Munster underage rugby from 14, 16 and 18 involved in any cup competitions or league. We wish them all the best as well. Wendy, the, it's uh, it's great to hear from you again. I would imagine we'll have an even more action-packed we- <laughs> week's review to do next week. Absolutely. A lot more matches and we'll be talking hopefully about our school's cup which will begin the following week. So thank you very much, Jeff. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. AFLW expert and coach to the stars, Mike Curran, is back with me on The Big Red Bench for another weekly review and analysis of how our Irish players fared in the latest round of Australian Rhodes football. It has been another hectic a week of AFLW action that started late last week and only and is still ongoing but we are joined as ever in our weekly slot here by um, our resident expert Mike Curran from AFL Ireland. Mike you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. How are you? Hi Jared, very good. Yeah it's hard to believe it gets more, more hectic every week but that seems to be the way it's panning out for sure. Indeed it is. Let's crack on because we're going to start with a game that took place last Thursday night and it was a game uh, where Orla O'Dwyer's Brisbane Lions registered a big win over the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, this was a big game. It's a game, no, it's a rivalry game, Ger, and it's known as the clash there, the two teams up in Queensland 
There was some silverware on offer and it was the Lions who retained the trophy on the night in emphatic style. It was a night of records breaking all over the place. I suppose it was the highest ever AFLW score for the Brisbane Lions. Uh, it was the equal highest score in AFLW history. It was their biggest ever winning margin, the fourth biggest win in AFLW history. And they had nine individual goal kickers, which is also a club record for the Lions and an equal record for the whole competition. So the records, the records were shattering all over the place. Unfortunately, on the flip side for Gold Coast, it was the, the biggest defeat for them. And that was coming off their third win of the season. So it was, it was back down to earth with a bang for Gold Coast. But as you say, huge win for the Lions. Um, Orlo Dyer was absolutely brilliant again. You know, um, she was among the best. Another brilliant game for Orla. You know, she had a goal off that left leg. Uh, her overlap run and fees on the outside of clearances is absolutely brilliant to watch. It's a huge asset to the line. The most impression, or the most impressive stat from that particular game, would you believe it or not, was that she had 12 tackles, and that's the most ever tackles by an Irish player in an individual AFLW game. So, and it, again, another record for the night and brilliant from Orla. Brilliant from Orla indeed, and what a season she's having. Let's move on because, as expected, Breed Stack and Cora Staunton's Greater Western Sydney Giants were defeated by the high-flying Adelaide Crows. But Mike, not without a magnificent individual effort from the Cork All-Ireland LGFA winner. Definitely, Jerry. We fear the worst for the Giants, despite them being at home, that there would be a backlash from Adelaide Crows following their sharp defeat the week before. And unfortunately, that's the way it turned out. Giants were held their lowest ever score and have now just keep one goal six behind in the last two games. Uh, laid on and kicked five goals team behind, so the winning margin could have been a lot more significant. And that was partly due, all those behinds were partly due to defensive pressure from the Giants and none more so than Breed Stack, who most certainly had her best ever individual performance to date. She's our, our number two in our top five player of the year for this round. Um, she had 12 disposals, on the night, six tackles. We saw some highlight reel marks and tackles already from her. Uh, so a big personal performance from Breed. I was talking to her afterwards. She's very frustrated with the results, of course. Um, and of course, so was Cora Staunton, as we saw from some of the pictures on the night. So they're both looking forward to getting back. Night. Giants take on St. Kilda. And they'll be hoping to get back to winning ways. But of course, St. Kilda after a run of poor form. But yeah, the likes for Breed to have a fantastic individual performance on the night. And of course, for Adelaide Crows, Ailish Constantine played as well. She had been named originally as an emergency player, but she got her chance when Stevie Lee Thompson had to withdraw due to injury. And as always, Ailish always takes those opportunities and she had another very solid game as well. Richmond Tigers travelled to the West Coast Eagles and unfortunately the Eagles were unable to prevent a defeat in this one, Mike. They, they were, unfortunately. Uh, actually, Grace was rested on the night, so it was, it was Neve on her own on this occasion. But the Eagles have become notoriously slow starters, and it's been a problem for them all season. They did not score at all in the first quarter, where Richmond Tigers got four goals. And really, Eagles did come back into it a bit, but they were chasing the game after that. Um, bizarrely, they did score 45 points on the losing side, and that was their highest score of the season. But um, And another solid enough to play from Neve Kelly, but they really need to work on that. Um, consistently throughout the game and their coach McQuire has actually committed to a four-quarter game for their last, last three games of the home and away season so they're really going to try and write that wrong that potentially cost them a few results across the season That's an interesting one We move on Mayo's Rachel Kearns and the Geelong Cats put it up to the Western Bulldogs before losing 28-16 Mike Yes, the Bulldogs have now backed up on their shock win over Crows the previous week to make it three straight wins in a row for them so they're in a hot run of form at the moment. Uh, the Cats were under pressure. They play a very flooded defence 
style of game, which means when they do get the ball back, they, they generally find it hard to transition into the forwards, and that in turn can tend to cut off the supply to the forwards and the half forwards, the likes of Rachel Cairns. So she had only six disposals on the night, um, was very solid in what she did with those. But again, um, Geelong probably needs to steal or to change up their defensive style a bit and go back to player on player and hopefully results improve for them across the next few rounds. Indeed, let's keep an eye on those as well. It was Mayo versus Mayo as Aileen Gilroy's North Melbourne overcame Sarah Rose Collingwood 38-15 in a game that Cavan's Ashling Sheridan also featured in, Mike. Yes, this is five wins on the trot now for North Melbourne and they're down in Hobart in Tasmania. We've said it over the last couple of weeks, they don't tend to lose down there and that's eight wins on the trot for them there now. Next weekend, they face Melbourne Demons, uh, which is going to be a very interesting um, clash, especially given the, the latest results for Melbourne, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, Gilroy, Aileen Gilroy was brilliant again. Uh, we saw a moment where herself and Ashley Sheridan caught Pat with a brilliant smother from Aileen on a kick at goal from Ashley Sheridan. Um, and of course, again, Sarah Rowe was named amongst Collingwood's best on ground again. 13 disposals for her, consistent throughout all year round. And now Collingwood have the informed Western Bulldogs next weekend. Um, so they'll be hoping to get back to winning ways there. And finally, Sinead Goldrick and Lauren McGee were on top form for the Demons as they overcame the reigning Premier's Brisbane Lions 35-32 in an absolute cracker and a game, Mike, that mar- marked another important milestone for that name that keeps cropping up, Tipperary's Orlo's were. Yes, definitely. What a game this was. An incredible come-from-behind win for Melbourne, who were unbelievably 22 points behind late in the first half. They surged back in the second half to win by three points in a dramatic finish. Uh, the main difference uh, in that second half was potentially the AFLW superstar Taylor Harris, who took seven uncontested marks, or contested marks, sorry, the actual opposite, which was an AFLW equal record and two goals for her. So in the end, that was the difference. The Lions had played three games in nine days and possibly were feeling the effects of that. But you wouldn't think it with Orla. As you said, a milestone game. 25 games is a milestone game in AFLW. She was brilliant. We saw another left hook snap from her to get the first goal of the game. I've been working with Orla across the last two seasons. I've seen that a hundred times in the cold, wet, windy pitches across Cork and Limerick. So delighted to see her doing it in the sunshine in Australia. Um, she was fantastic herself again, amongst the best on ground. But it was Melbourne who got up for a big win and another solid performance from Sinead Goldrick from half back and Lauren McGee also featured that four wins from four for Lauren McGee. Brilliant stuff, Mike. Um, that, that's as, uh, as as good a game as we're likely to see this uh, this year, or this season. Hopefully not the last of the brilliant games, but a cracking game, 35-32. Let's wrap up this week's review with a rundown of all the latest AFLW results. As we said earlier, the Brisbane Lions beat the Gold Coast Suns 85-16. The Western Bulldogs overcame Geelong Cats 28-16. The Greater Western City Giants were hammered at home by the Adelaide Crows 45-5. And Carlton put the hurt on St Kilda in a 48-2 shellacking. The Richmond Tigers travelled to the West Coast Eagles and registered a 68-45 win. And as we heard earlier, North Melbourne defeated Collingwood 38-15. And the Demons edged the Lions 35-32. And what all those results mean is on the AFLW ladder at the top, we have four teams on 24 points the Crows Fremantle North Melbourne and Melbourne closely followed behind in 5th place by Brisbane on 20 and then Collingwood on 16 and just outside the playoff spots the Bulldogs are on 12 as are Gold Coast and they have a game in hand then come Richmond Carlton and the Giants on 8 points Geelong and West Coast are on 4 and St Kilda yet to register a point another exciting week Mike another exciting week on the way 
I can't wait. Yeah, round eight is coming. We don't need to hype it up. Those top four teams that you've just listed off there all play each other. We've got Fremantle versus Sunday Crows and North Melbourne versus Melbourne. So two buster games at the top of the table and a full round of action next weekend. And we can't wait to get your expert analysis as ever, Mike Coran, from that. We look forward to hearing you next week on the Big Red Bench. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Jer. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Republic of Ireland women's under-17 manager James Scott and his international squad are in Valencia this week for two friendlies against Switzerland ahead of Ireland's upcoming UEFA under-17 European Championship qualifiers. I spoke to James Scott about his squad, including Cork City players Chloe Atkinson and Heidi Mackin, plus Treaty United's Heidi O'Sullivan. Now, we are delighted to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by the Republic of Ireland women's under-17 manager James Scott, who's about to take his team for uh, two friendlies ahead of the European Championship qualifiers later in the year. James, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. How are you? Not too bad, George. Thanks, thanks for having me again. Good to talk to you. It's been a while. Um, it's been busy. You're about to get very, very busy. Um, as this podcast goes out, you're already in Valencia, uh, in Spain, taking on the Swiss in two friendlies. Um, first of all, uh, before we talk about your squad, what's the purpose of this trip and why two games in the number of days that you're over there? Yeah, so like, look, um, we would always look to play. We're obviously preparing for the, the, the second round of the Euros in, in March. Like, so we'd always look to play um, a doubleheader friendly around February <clears throat> just to get the girls like you know, up to speed again. Like, you know, one of the biggest things I suppose we have is that we're in our off season now, um, whereas you know, obviously Switzerland would be in the middle of their season. Like, so it's always good to get you know a couple of games uh, under your belt. Like before you, you play, obviously uh, we've Iceland, Slovakia, um, you know, coming up as well in Finland. So, so like you know. It's very important to um, have them games and you know have a look at more players as well. You know, we've a couple of new players coming in as well. Like, so it just gives us an opportunity. You know, and obviously Switzerland um, have put an awful lot into women's football recently as well. Like, so there'll be stiff opposition. Yeah, and as you said, like you're trying to add to the momentum at the end of last year, we had three very, very positive results, four positive results. You beat the Portuguese away, you beat Hungary three one, Bulgaria three 0 and Norway two one. I mean, this is this is a squad and a team under uh, under your management that's been building. As you said, you want to get to the European Championships you'd only be the fourth Irish team to do that but you must have been very pleased with the way the year ended and it's a case of trying to build with a few new players on that momentum now Yeah look it was fantastic and, and like in fairness that's what it was momentum because we started the year against Northern Ireland and we drew two games nil-nil like we're probably a little bit disappointed you know especially not scoring and so on but um, then we went to Bulgaria and you know that finished very positively as well and then or sorry Portugal and then um we went to to uh, Norway. Look, it was we went fantastic. Like, and you know, particularly the game against Norway. Like, it was it was just two like really good teams going at each other. And you know, I mean, we scored a winner. I think in the 90th minute. Like, so you know, put it put us in a fantastic place now going into the second round because we're first seeds. Like, you know, and and um, you know, gives us you know a very good opportunity to maybe qualify. Like, and you know, I mean, to be the four team like to to qualify doesn't happen very often. Like, so. Um, you know, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity for players, and that's what we need as well. We need players, you know, going and playing in these Euros and so on and so forth, because the ultimate aim is for them to do that at senior level, and we all know that hasn't happened yet. Like, so, you know, the best preparation for that is to be doing it underage and becoming used to it, becoming used to winning, um, you know, and and, and um, you know, preparing for these tournaments and so on. And obviously, in, in March, it's in Dublin as well, so you know, we'll be hoping for for massive support from all around the country. And, you know, obviously there's Cork girls involved as well, so I'm sure there'll be great Cork support as always. So, um, you know, a really, you know, exciting time and, and really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the positivity around Irish women's football right now. It starts, I presume you'd agree with me, with the senior team and the increased media coverage and the fact that their results under Vera Paul and performances, I suppose, not just results, have steadily improved over the last number, last couple of years, really. And there's, there's far more interest in it now, or at least there's far more interest than there used to be. Are you seeing that yourself on ground level? And the other thing I wanted to ask, the quality of football um, that your team and an under-17 international level, I've seen a couple of games just online and uh, on television, but... The, the quality of football is certainly something that I don't think people who don't watch it don't appreciate. Is that a fair comment? And, and how much of the positivity from the senior side of things can you build on coming up to March? Yeah, like look, you know, it goes without saying, like, you know, everyone looks to the senior team and when the senior team are doing well, um, you know, I always bring back to, to Italian 90. That's where I love football because of Italian 90 and, and, and the Irish senior team qualifying for World Cups and Euros and so on. Like, so I think we're in, we're probably in that time now with the women's senior team. Like, you know, they're, they're pushing, they're nearly there. Um, hopefully it'll happen this time or, or it should happen soon enough please God and uh, I think I think that will even skyrocket the whole thing like like at the moment like I'm also the, the emerging talent coordinator um, you know so I like, have 11 centres all over the country like we have about 500 girls training every week like and you know I was up last week in, in Cavan in Coot Hill and there was like 50 girls there you know looking for probably a squad of 25 like you know but it, like the the, the, the talent, the, the enthusiasm um, was just unbelievable. Like you just came away, the three-hour drive back like was then a lot shorter. Like and that, that's what we have now. We have just you know every corner of Ireland. That cabin, we we opened a centre in Kerry as well. Obviously, the, you know Cork, unbelievable for women's football for years and years. Like you know, so it's it's it's, it's really on a an upper curve. Like and um, it's really important now that you know please God we do qualify for tournaments and hopefully that starts even with ourselves. Like you know and. and you know, having three games in Dublin and knowing, like, if you if you um, if you top that group, you go to the Euros. Like, you know, I mean, a fantastic opportunity for our players. Like, and some people say, oh, there's a bit of pressure playing at home, whatever. I, I think that's what we need to get used to. Like, you know, that that uh, we are putting on the green jersey and, and just certain pride and, and a little bit of pressure maybe at times as well, which which um, helps as well because we're we're trying to develop these players to play in in um, scenarios like that that they um, they have to perform. Like, you know, so uh, yeah, very very exciting times. Indeed they are, and it's great to hear a manager like yourself, James, who's so passionate about the game, talking positively. Why shouldn't we be favourites? Why shouldn't we look forward to those home matches? It's going to be very, very tough, obviously, as a, uh, in terms of European qualifiers, Slovakia, the Finns and, and Iceland. But Irish women's soccer is in such a good place. The National League is starting, coming back now. Can I ask you, just from your position as well in the ETP, there's a pathway now for players from Cavan, from Kerry, from Cork, from wherever in the country. If they're good enough through the ETP, that the women's national league, I would imagine, is that what you is that is where you would like to see players progress through and then on the yeah, international yeah, stage. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, you know, in in our country, like you know, the, the women's national league is the highest level to play. Like, and that's um, that's where you would be saying the girls. Like, that's where you need to push on to. Obviously, we've the seventeens, nineteens league. That started last year, the 19th league, and you know that's been a great addition as well. Like so, you know that's playing games every week of a high standard, and you know the squad that uh, that we would be uh, assembling in, in, in on Sunday to go to uh, Spain with, you know, I think the majority of players we have a, a girl actually coming from Liverpool, but the majority of girls would be actually um you know playing in the women's national league. Like and you know even now most of the squad even in, in the the time we've had them a lot of them now are transitioning actually to play senior football as well. Like so, it would have started the year maybe as under 17 player playing with Cork and Piedmont and so on but now a lot of them are pushed to get into senior teams like and, and you know that's again fantastic like you know for them like you know because now you know even in the Women's National League they're playing against Stephanie Rhodes they're playing against Oni O'Gorman they're playing against Julianne Russell like these are all you know senior former senior players like so real role models for them like so um, you know that's fantastic for them as well now that people that maybe they had their picture up in the wall are, are now playing against them every week like so um, you can't get better role models than that like you know 
No, you cannot. And just finally, James, obviously here in Cork Street FM, we have particular interest in three players, Heidi Mackin and Chloe Atkinson from Cork City, who've been named in your under-17 squad to play in Spain this week against the Swiss. And also um, Heidi O'Sullivan, who plays for Treaty United, two strikers and a defender there, and names that keep cropping up with the under-16 squad in recent times as well. Yeah, like, like I mean, look, Heidi Mackin has had a like an unbelievable year as such. Like She, she was on standby and uh, we brought her uh, a player got injured and we brought her to Portugal and she ended up scoring the winner in the second game and, and she's pretty much been ever present since and she's obviously still able to play for the under 16s as well like she's a year young like so you know fantastic for her she has a really you know a really excellent left foot like and it's um when you have a, a like a left sided defender left foot like it's it's kind of a hard one to get like when you have one like it's it's um it's a great weapon like and uh you know she scored goals as well for the under 16s like so she's had a, a, look, a, a tremendous year so far um, Chloe Axon was probably a little bit unlucky. She was in for the Northern Ireland camp, but picked up an injury. So, um, unfortunately, she, we kept her in the squad just to, to, to cover the case. Um, you know how 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 we uh, how we do things and so on. But she didn't kick a ball that week, and, and now she's got her opportunity. Um, this week, like you know, to, to play against Switzerland. Um, so that's that's a fantastic opportunity for her. And, and Heidi O'Sullivan. Then obviously, you know, she's been ever present all year as well. Like and. Um, you know, she's she she. I must say, the last day she was in, she was really on form. Like, so really looking forward to seeing how she performs next week now as well. Um, and like, there's players as well. I think, um, like Eddie O'Brien is on standby from Cork City as well. Like, fantastic player as well. Like, so you know, we have um, we have a lot of players pushing. That's probably one of the biggest things about this squad is, like, even though it's a real family and there's a really good culture with it, like everyone knows you can't get complacent. Um, you know, your your place will be taken. Like, so very very competitive squad to uh, to name that twenty in March. Like, and. And even this week, we have our captain uh, Abby Larkin is playing with seniors over in um, in, in Pinatar in, in Spain as well, like for for the, the women's national team. Like so, you know that's that's fantastic for the girls in order seventeen to see if you like look if you're good enough, you're old enough, playing the simple. Like so, um, that's that's a uh, it's great for us as well, and 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 fair juice to Vera as well for for you know giving players an opportunity, like you know. Indeed, Jeez, James, you've really you've really set it up in a positive manner. We wish you well uh, in the week uh, in Olivia Nova on Tuesday the twenty second and Thursday today when the podcast comes out. Uh, double friendly against Switzerland over in Spain ahead of the Under Seventeen European Championship qualifiers later in the year. We wish you and your squad all the best. We're going to catch up with you again before those qualifiers start, and all the best to you for the rest of the season. Thanks, Char, and, and thanks very much for all your coverage as well. It's very very much appreciated. Thank you. The Big Red Bench was in Crow Park for last Saturday night's Lidl LGFA National League Division 1 Dublin versus Cork clash. Following a disappointing defeat, I caught up with Cork vice-captain Melissa Duggan and manager Shane Ronan. You'll also hear additional questions from the Echo's Rory Noonan. OK, Melissa Duggan, disappointment obviously with the results. Uh, never easy to come to Crow Park and suffer a defeat like that. It's how you bounce back though and how are Cork going to bounce back from this? Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly disappointing with the result tonight. Um, you know, we um, came up hoping for a good performance and I suppose in the first half uh, we didn't put in quite a performance that we hoped for, that we wanted for. Um, but I suppose, you know, in the dressing room there now, morale is down a bit, but it's all about bouncing back for Washburn in two weeks' time because, um, you know, we're facing potentially relegation now. So... You know, um, come Monday morning uh, or come Monday evening, even um, at the gym. You know, uh, we're going to put our heads down and um, hopefully get back to training on Wednesday and Friday. You know, we didn't have a training Tuesday night because of the weather and everything like that. So it did rock or hamper our preparations for today. So um, hopefully now next week we can just get back to our, um, training normally and properly. 
what do you put the first 10 minutes down to? Because Dublin pressed high up the pitch, but you made a lot of unforced errors, Melissa, and these are the kind of things that you need to get rid of. Yeah, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's the unforced errors that we need to um, get rid of. Um, they've been... There was far too many today and you know that's what Dublin capitalised on. Um, they got all their scores from. Um, so we need to fix that. We need to fix our hand passing, our kicking and our going forward. Um, it's those unforced errors that killed us today. Melissa, obviously you've been around the Cork panel for a couple of years now. Situation, you've never been involved in Cork potentially in a relegation battle. You know, something that you wouldn't have faced before. Yeah, definitely. It's a definitely new era, new era, new um, I suppose challenge that we face. Um, I've never been in a relegation off like um, playoff or whatever it is. Um, so it is uh difficult to prepare yourself. But um, you know, we have to keep going. We have to keep our heads down now. Um, you know, like Shane did still try a couple of different players today, and you know he gave a load of opportunities for the subs to come on. So it, you know, even though we were losing, it's great to have them coming on and everything like that. So um, to get back training and to prepare for the Waterford game, and so that we'd be all guns blazing. I mentioned what obviously a win over Waterford, that relegation scare goes away. So now massive emphasis on this Waterford game now before the championship. Yeah, there is. Um, I suppose it's not easy going down to Waterford, playing Waterford. Um, oh no, we're, we're, away. We're, we're at home to Cork, so I suppose this is our first home game. So, um, do you know, we'll relish the opportunity of Watford coming to us. Um, uh, it will be a tough battle because, uh, do you know, those battles throughout the years have never been easy between ourselves and Watford. Um, but we're going to have to put our head down and train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, do you know, this week and um, train hard and listen to what Shane and the management have been saying and try and cut out all the errors that we made today. Looking at the two matches, obviously, you couldn't have started really with much tougher. Mead away, Dublin away, two really tough games. There was some positives, in particular the mean match. And again, tonight, there was some positives out of it. So, no doubt, you'll take them into those training sessions as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, you know, there was positives. You know, we introduced, you know, Rachel Leahy in both matches. You know, she's only turned 18 there a few days ago. So, and she came on and played really well. And I think we all need to take a you know, a leaf out of our book, just go out and play with your heart. Um, you know, sometimes that's the easiest way to play. And, um, you know, we, we will get there. Um, you know, man, new management and everything, it's been difficult um, change for us over the last number of years. So, um, you know, it is a slow progress, but hopefully, you know, we'll be getting going by Monster Championship time and Championship time. But um, we, we definitely want to put a good emphasis on, on the Watford game now and get a good win over them. I'm very disappointed. Um weren't at the races in too many spots and uh, I think, you know, we bordered on embarrassing at times the way we'd have played and uh, just shows we have a lot of work to do and we have a lot of players out there now who just weren't at the races tonight and I think that's very, very disappointing. We, I suppose, came up the road. We were quite happy with last week's performance hoping to build on it but just just didn't play, didn't work hard enough and I think, you know, Dublin worked extremely hard. We didn't match the work rate so if you don't match the work rate you haven't any chance against them. You did field a couple of underage players that are going to be coming through. Surely that's reason for optimism, those girls. Yeah, on. yeah. I suppose, look, our, our two huge positives I felt out tonight were Rachel Lee's performance when she went on yes. and um, Derek Canary as well. Like, Derek's only out of minor. We'd be very happy with them, but there was a lot of established senior players there tonight didn't play well. And, um, you know, I suppose they're going to have to look, have a good, long, hard look at themselves, I think. And uh, I suppose we need to see what we're, what we're doing. Uh, you know, we haven't had a lot of work done this week, obviously we missed out in the session Tuesday night because of weather, but look, that's not an excuse, we just didn't work hard enough.
Coming, coming into the match here, and obviously you said like week last week you played very well, you've been very happy with that performance. Can you put your finger on the difference between the two tonight? I mean, you would, were you surprised? I mean, obviously, you would have been surprised what happened out there. Yeah, I look very disappointed, Rory. Um, I think we just, I can't put my finger on it. Um, what went wrong? We just, but I, I, you know, I think the huge thing was we didn't work. We just didn't work hard enough. Like we had plans for their kick out, um, we didn't do it. Um, we had plans for our own kick, we didn't do it. Um, I felt we were running around with them when we had the ball. We were marking players when we had the ball. And if you're doing that against Dublin, you're wasting your time because we couldn't get the ball out. But it was just, I don't know, but what hit them when they went out in the field? They were in good form in the warm-up. Everything was right. Dressing room was good. Just don't know. They, they, they just didn't work hard enough. And you, you have to match Dublin's work rate to have any chance against them. And we didn't do that tonight. Um, is the most annoying thing from your behalf that a lot of these errors in the first half especially were self-inflicted chain but there are things you can work on defensive lapses concentration lapses there's things you can see on tape and work on as surprising as the performance is like the fact that you gave Dublin those chances you know it's got to be annoying but there are things that they can be corrected yeah look there was a lot of unforced errors there and you know I think that's that's huge disappointment kick, kick free kicks to them hand pass balls away kick balls away um, silly defensive lap, lapses just as you said, there there were our own mistakes, and Dublin capitalised them. So look, we, there are things we can work on. So look, we will look at that. But um, I think a lot of that boiled down to people just weren't working hard enough. People didn't want the ball. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know why that was tonight. It's it's, it's very disappointing. Okay, you've the Burnaby contingent to come back. You've got the Waterford game to work on and try and iron out all the problems that you've come across tonight. But on the whole, for three matches heading into the championship, it was always going to be about championship for you this year. You've said that. You're on record at saying that. Now the hard work begins, as you said, for you and the players. Yeah, look, absolutely. But I suppose, look, the thing about more Abbey players coming back into the more Abbey players can flick a magic switch and make things happen. You know, um, and I think that's the disappointing thing. We said that before the game, that the players inside who are playing today weren't warm in jerseys for more Abbey players. They, they, they can't be or else we're in trouble, you know, as, as a group. So... I think you know that Mornaby aren't going to be the answer to all this. Obviously, they're very good players, but we need lots more players in there to step up. So I think there's going to be a lot of hard work over the next few weeks. We need to make sure, you know, we've got to, you know, could boil down to a relegation game ourselves in Watford um, if if if, if Mead beat them tomorrow. Um, so that's going to be very very tough as well. Uh, Watford always put it up to Cork, so we've a good long two weeks ahead of us to try and sort it out before we play Munster Championship. What did you think of the Dublin performance? Um, I thought they were excellent. Um, their, their work rate was ex- ex- so high. Um, they used the ball very well. They punished every mistake we made. Um, you know, and I think their I suppose their big players played very well. And I think they they capitalised on every error we made. And I think that's what a good team does. They control the game. They dragged us into positions we didn't want to be in. And um, they made sure every error we made was uh, was punished very well. So look, my hats off to them. They're, they're a serious outfit. They haven't gone away. They were they're very disappointed after last year's All Ireland final um, display, I suppose. And look, they've just shown that they're they're going to be a huge force this year, and we've got a long way to go to be able to match them. Shane, as a as a, as a manager, obviously you've been around for for a while, but more than I would other with them tip before that. But you know, as a, as the Cork manager, there's still obviously a lot of learnings going on between you and the players at this stage. This is really this is only two matches in, you know. Yeah, I suppose we've got to look at it like that as well. We haven't had a massive amount of time to work with them. Um, but, you know, I don't think however long we're working on the field training field, that doesn't equate to a lack of work rate on the field. And I think that's that's a disappointing thing tonight. But look, I, I'm not concerned, you know, over, overall, like it's in the bigger picture, bigger side of things. You know, I think you can, 
you can control your work rate and I think all the players we've said that inside the dressing room there some that each and every one of those players individually can control how hard they work in the game they need to do that we need to get more coaching into you know, maybe more tactics whatever but I think a lot of it is going to come down to individual work rate we have very talented players inside that dressing room we know that they know that but talent won't win us games you just mentioned there as well on the assumption that we beat Waterford tomorrow that the Waterford match now takes on a new dimension really yeah look and I, and I went down to see Waterford last Sunday and they, they put up huge performance against Dublin you know far better than we did maybe just and I don't think the scoreline reflected the game last Sunday it was probably a six point game for me so you know Waterford, Waterford Assembly and Dungarvan tomorrow you never know what could happen um, maybe we're, we'll be looking at it like that uh, we're going into that last game and Waterford are fighting for a semi-final spot you know it could be that way very easy because there isn't a lot whole pile between all the teams I think Dublin might be a bit of a he- ahead of us all at the moment with the where they're playing but you know it could easily go down to that game that we three teams end up in two points if we happen to be Walford so you know that's why I suppose the big defeat is disappointing if it had been a closer game today we might have you could have snuck home and, and scoring difference but I think it's look that Walford game is now hugely important and we it's it's a must win game and I suppose every game now and here on in is going to be must win the big red bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm a positive weekend for Cork and Mogi saw the county's senior and intermediate panels register important Littlewoods National League victories I spoke to Cork intermediate captain Fanola Neville and manager Trevor Coleman following their division 2 win away to Kildare but first We'll hear from Cork's senior manager Matthew Toomey and captain Amy Lee following Cork's Division 1 win over Clare amid awful weather conditions. Uh, Matthew Toomey, congratulations. Your first win as Cork senior camogie manager, 2-6 to not 4 over Clare, but uh, Cusick Park uh, this past Sunday. Talk to me about the weather conditions and just how bad they were. Um, yeah, thanks. I suppose for the, the, we're delighted with the win, but like uh, conditions were just unbelievable. Um, we stopped the crack though on the way up and we just like you know, there's no way we could see we playing the game. Um, uh, the wind, the rain. Even when we were out on the pitch, we were just poking around before the game, and like the lads were talking on the pitch, we couldn't reach each other. You know, it was it was, it was insanity. Um, considering how bad the weather was, and so many other games fell by the wayside today, Matthew. I know you're delighted with the wind to get it under out of the way, but should it have gone ahead? I suppose, like. The, you know, the, the, the the pitch itself was in good nick, which we were lucky with. But like, should the game have gone ahead? I I'd say if you ask me, you know, before we went over, mm. no way, no, no. You have, have to look for a health and safety perspective. Like, you know, mm. it was a bit insane. Like, but look, obviously when when um obviously when 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 the game went ahead at all, then we were just delighted to get the result. But. Excellent stuff. Now, Sarsha McCartan is somebody that's come in this year into the setup, and she played a full forward. How happy were you with her performance today? You'd be happy, very happy with her. Um, you know, she's a huge addition to the panel. No, you know, I, I, she she took her penalty very well. Um, you know, but like we three debutants today. I think for our league, you know, Katie O'Man and Yamey Mosty as well, and the three of them did very, very well. They, they, they very impressed with the three of them. To be fair, like it was a bonus out of the game. Um, you lost Fiona Keating to a broken hand during the week. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. She broke a hand towards the training. She was out for minimum six weeks now. So. She's a huge last like, you know. Today I know it would have been the ideal game for her now, you know, mm. she she worked so hard, like but you know, she was a big last there, but you know, we just have to get on with it now. Yeah, I mean her last is somebody else's opportunity. Kira O'Sullivan came in for you today and how important is it, Matthew, that you build a panel for the All Ireland Championship during this league campaign? Yeah, it's it's, it's like uh, we we have like, I, I think even the players within themselves, like there's probably two and three players for each position now, which is unheard of, like which is, it's great. Um there's a lot of young lads up coming through and, and they're pushing 
all. We had this conversation like if you if you look at uh, the thing we had five non starters from last year's All Ireland, you know, they they all come in to push for places as well. Like so it's it's huge, like it's great, but everyone's under pressure and everyone has to perform in training, like what we're facing them with no next further, like and it's gonna be um another dog a day, so like you know, all these players are vital. But just from your own point of view, Matt, you have to get the first game out of the way, albeit in awful conditions, from you and your management team's point of view, lots of things though you can work on ahead of that Limerick game. Yeah, yeah, but delighted, you know, with with, with this resilience of players, like, you know, I, I you know, I suppose even with the conditions where we're never really under severe pressure. Um, but it's just the way the lads worked, you know, they tried to do the right things all the time, obviously you know, with the conditions it, it, it was nearly impossible for them to come through, like but they were trying to do the right things all the time, which is very pleasing and yeah, just to start off with a win, it, it, it just takes a bit of pressure off, really, to be honest, because I, I suppose we're going up there for all sorts of different reasons. The game is going to be tricky. But just look, they dog it. Follow the file. They, they, they win, so they're happy with that, yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for that, Matthew. You can hand me over to your captain, Amy Lee, yeah, she's next, and uh, we'll yeah, talk to yeah. you again soon. Thanks very much, sir. No problem. Hi, Jar, how are things? I'm okay. Amy Lee, uh, you played in goal today for the Cork Seniors in your opening National League win over Clare, 2-6 and 4 Have you ever played in conditions like that before? Uh, I say I could pick a few a few days. I was worried that they were they were weren't great. Um, I think we were kind of lucky with the rain and stuff. The rain held off. The wind though was something else. It was nearly impossible to strike the ball against us. Yeah, how difficult from a goalkeeper's point of view? I mean, I don't, I don't know how many. I mean, um, you, you only like Claire only got four points, so you had four puck outs. There might have been a few wides as well, but how difficult was it just to distribute this litter? Oh, it was, it was ridiculously hard. There, we had a few puck outs in the first half, and even to get the ball to to travel, <laughs> no words to describe how hard it was to strike the ball. I think, I think Claire had. Even though they had the win, they had a few wides in the first half as well. And even judging them dropping in was unbelievable. But you got the win. You kept a clean sheet. Uh, two six to not four. You're up and running. How important was it for you and the players just to get those 60, 70 minutes under the belt? Oh, it's, it's massive. I think I think sometimes it's hard when you're training to, to see any, to see the progress you've made or anything. So it was good to go out put in a performance and get the win in the end. Yeah, because you've been training quite hard coming up to it. It's a new management team. Matthew's in his first game. like So it's all kind of new. Um, I don't know how much you can take out of a game like that, but the fact that she dug in and got the win, um, how important is that? Oh, it's massive. It's, it's nice to just start off with a win as well, uh, regardless of who you're playing or the conditions. Um, but to say with the, the conditions being so, uh was great to to get over the line I think that the last 10 minutes kind of reflected Carcamogi uh, I suppose I think kind of kicked on a small bit towards the end of the game showed our fitness showed our skill and luckily we got two goals and a few points towards the end Indeed you did um, how, how impressed and how happy were you with the six defenders in front of you because a few of them were playing football as well this weekend I'm always amazed at them girls. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. And we had Maeve Murphy as well, a new starter, in, which was great. She just did her job and did it very well. Um, and fair play to the two girls. And look, I presume this is not going to be the only time they do it. And they'll do it effortlessly every weekend, like that. 
Indeed they will. Um, one of the best things about getting the first league game out of the way, Amy, is that you now go back to training and you look back on the match and learn from things you didn't do right and then build on the things you did do right. Is that the kind of place all players want to be? You've done your pre-season training, you're looking forward to the Limerick game now. Ah, yeah, it's always nice as well to have, have another inter-county team kind of just reflect on how our training is and to see if we are actually using what we're learning and training and using our fitness, the skills and stuff. Um, so just to come out of that and have something to kind of base the next game on is, is really great and it's good as well for the girls. I know not everyone got to play, but like to go back now to train Tuesday night and to know that maybe uh, maybe you're touch it off or maybe to strike a before or whatever the case may be that we have something to work towards and a lovely day for you and your club and your family and your friends as well captain of the Cork Seniors for the first time in goal what was that like? that was great <laughs> <laughs> um, as I said to you before you're like it's always almost there there's so many leaders on the pitch like I think captaincy especially for Cork is not not as big as a role as maybe it used to be years ago because we do have so many leaders out there and we do have players that are willing to step up to the mark and we do have younger players that are willing to step up as well. Excellent stuff. Listen, on behalf of everybody here on the Big Red Bench, we uh, want to say a big thank you, uh, congratulations and thanks to yourself and uh, to Matthew Toomey and the entire panel. Great win for Cork, up and running in the National League and we'll talk to you again soon, Amy. Brilliant. Thanks, Jerry. Cork Camogie captain Finola Neville joins us now uh, following her sides 4-16-2-6 Littlewoods Division 2 league victory over Kildare this past weekend. Finola, congratulations on getting off the mark. Thanks very much, Jer. Um Yeah, we travelled up to, to Kildare there at the weekend. Um, I suppose we got got off to a bit of a slow start, really, um, but but got going. I think really in the second half things started to to open up and and we we started to play uh, together a small bit more. And I think the the scores just came a bit more naturally then. Um, so yeah, a good win. Um, I suppose after after losing to Wexford um, there the weekend before, um, it was nice to get back in in the winning ways. Um, so yeah, it was a good 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 win to be fair. Yeah, and quite a lot of changes as well from that Wexford game. It just shows the strength of this particular panel, Finola. I'd imagine that there's like there's thirty odd really, really good players on this panel and you know, everybody's gonna get their chance under Trevor Coleman. So you must have been particularly happy yourself to, to, to get on the pitch and also score two one. Yeah, one hundred percent. Look, there's a there's a great panel of, of girls there to be fair. Um and everyone's pushing for for a place. There was there was a lot of changes again uh this week and and girls really stepped up to the mark as well um, this week, which was which is great. Like you know, there's uh, I suppose massive competition for places. Um, even to get on the on the first fifteen, you're 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 delighted yourself. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, there's there's great competition and there's some some uh, great experience. But there's some of the younger girls really coming up there as well and putting their hand up. So. I suppose no one's really safe, which is is a great thing. To I suppose competition for places is is what you want. Um, it, it makes uh, training, I suppose, that bit more competitive when everyone's pushing uh, to get on the the first fifteen for the next game. So it's brilliant. It's uh, good, good competition, as I said. So yes, it's good, and I suppose everyone getting a the game then as well. Like um, Trevor's is good. He's looking after everyone, um, and even challenge matches there and stuff as well. Um, so everyone's getting a chance, I suppose. 
Good stuff. And you've got a two-week break now before you host Derry and then you finish off against Meath in Division in the group, uh, in your particular group in Division 2 of the National Camogie League. But you'll have a couple of uh, challenge matches, hopefully, in between. I think Tipperary has been mentioned and possibly Kerry as well. At this time of the year, uh, Finola, and I ask this because you're St. Catherine's club player and you're also a captain of an inter-county team, the split-season approach where the inter-county comes first and then the club comes afterwards, are you a fan of it? And have you found, since the split-season was introduced, that... It does compress things. I know you've got a two-week break now to the next competitive game, but it does compress things and that like matches come thick and fast and you know each match kind of... There's not, there's not much time to blink, basically, in between those games. Is that something you, as a club and inter-county player, welcome? And again, I, I repeat the question, are you a fan of the split-season approach? Yeah, yeah, I suppose I haven't given it a, a much thought, really. Um, as you said, it it is fairly compressed um, season, so you know obviously we're trying to to avoid injuries and everything with that. Like because um, when games are coming one after the other, you just don't have any time, I suppose, really to recover um, in between. But I think it's good as well because you know you're you're playing matches one after the other. There's not a huge amount of break between games, and you can you know start to to build a bit of, bit of momentum sometimes there if. If there's a lot of you know a few weeks between games and that um, momentum can drop in that, so I think it's a, a good thing overall. Um, it's hard to know with the I suppose with the club and and inter county being split. I think it's I think it's a good thing to to try out anyway and see see how it goes. Um, I suppose the, whether inter county or, or club goes first. I don't know which which is better, but. I think definitely having it a bit more compressed and and having I suppose a time of year that you know inter county goes and then club is it is at a certain time I think I think that's you know it gives everyone a fair chance and you're not putting you know club players I suppose before maybe in Cork anyway you might have had a, a first round of a championship early in the summer and you mightn't have played you know for for two or three months in until you know Cork get knocked out so I think I think it's better like you know everyone's getting a fair crack and everyone knows when when the games are and at least you're not waiting around as a club player um you know all summer as well which is which is good I think yeah that's a fair answer in fairness to you. um and just finally look you've got a couple of weeks with challenge matches and then you finish off with Derry and Meath what's the hope with this particular Cork team and this Cork panel because it seems like quite a settled panel but you must have ambitions to, to go on in the league Oh yeah, certainly, sure. You know, I think that's anyone's goal, I suppose, is um, to go as far as we can in the league. Like it would really set you up for well for championship. Then, um, like we have two, I suppose, tough games left in in Derry and Mead. Um We know they'll be they'll be a big challenge, I suppose. Um, we've won one one game and then lost the other. So I suppose. Um, we're under pressure a bit to to get the two wins in the two last games, and they're, they're two tough teams. Uh, Mead and Derry are, are always uh, tough, and it's always close when we do play them. Um, but yeah, I suppose look, we'll we'll take it as it goes. But certainly, look, we're we're looking to to get two wins from that and being being a quarter final of the league, and ho- hopefully push on from there. Excellent stuff. Well, listen, we wish you all the best, uh, Fanola, you and the team and Trevor and everybody uh, associated with the Cork Mogie team for the rest of the season. We'll catch up with you again um, around the time of the Derry game. And thanks for taking the time to talk to us here on the Big Red Bench. No bother at all, Cheers.
Now we're joined on the big red bench by the winning Cork Camogie manager following the Rebels 416-26 win away to Kildare in the Littlewoods Division 2 Camogie League this past weekend. Trevor Coleman uh, as a new inter-county manager getting that first win you must be delighted. Yeah, Joe, I think it's a, it's a massive relief actually to be honest pressure was on going up there but I think if we lost yesterday look we'd have been in a bit of trouble going into the last two games but look to the defence of the goals they responded we trained we trained very hard since the Wexford game and I think it paid off, you know, in in abundance really. I think they, they worked very hard compared to the Wexford game against Kildare and, and they got the result and the result they result. We did make seven changes from the the Wexford game yesterday. Again, it wasn't dropping players. It was trying to view players and see what players were at because, again, we're only with them a short time. So, again, we have to try and get game time into all these goals to see where they're acting up but look it, it worked well at half time yes we were having a bit worried we were only three points up but we did play against the wind but unfortunately when we came out for the second half the wind had gone and died down you know but again the goals reacted to that and look there was huge improvements in the Wexford game you know thank God and how much of scoring 4-16 which you must be absolutely delighted with because no matter who you're playing at inter-county level that's a good return considering all the changes you made you must be happy with that total yeah, it's, it's a huge return. And just going on the start to the Wexford game, the Wexford game, we had only five shots from play at the target and only only got two of them from play. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we had uh, out of the four sixteen eight were from freeze only. So four eight were from, from play, which which is a huge return and a, a massive, like a massive, massive improvement from the Wexford game, you know. And to be fair to Joanne Casey, or freeze just there. To be fair, she missed the first two again. We, thought, we were a small bit worried, thinking it was going to be the same as the last day. But I think she just all tried to overcompensate for the wind. But once she got the grips with that, she, she got eight freeze over the bell and for the rest of the game, which which is very pleasing as well. Because those eight freeze, to be fair, came from good play from us and good play from us trying to get through on goal. And look, they, they, they were following us a bit, you know. But to be fair, we, we got the freeze and Joanne put them over, you know. How happy are you and the management team with the way your t- this Cork team are, are now playing for you? You've only had two games. As you said, it's very compressed now with the split season. You don't get an awful lot of time to get your point across or time in the training pitch. You have a break now granted to the next two matches, but how happy are you with the progress that you've made over these two games? Uh, oh, usually happy. To be fair, we, we were a bit worried after the Wexford game. The game plan we were trying to play didn't really work, but again, that, that was very hard against Wexford because... They get so many behind the ball. They they bring everyone behind the ball. They've two up, up forward, sometimes one. So it was very hard to implement our game plan uh, in that game. But to be fair to Kildare yesterday, Kildare more or less than 15 on 15. Probably suited us a bit with the game plan we want to play. And it, it worked in our favour. But again, look, we probably need to look at a plan B if we do meet the likes of the Wexhorts. And that again, that bring everyone behind the ball. But it's very pleasing. I think it's, it's starting to work. But again, as you said, Joe, we only knew in with this team it's going to take time for them to know us, for us to know them and to get our game plan. But we're, we're doing a lot on the tactics board, to be fair, with them. And, and they, they are listening. And to be fair to John Lennon, he's doing an awful lot. And the stats uh, with them as well, they get their own individual stats after every game. So all that helps, you know. You have a two-week gap now, Trevor, um, where you host Derry and then you're away to me to finish off Group 1. Um, how useful is it to have that break or would you prefer to play the four games 
one after the other or does this fortnight give you even more time now to work? Well, it gives us more time to, to work on but what we, we, we've temporarily lined up for a challenge match next weekend and we've carry hopefully the following weekend so we will be playing matches again it's again and it's all about giving goals game time you know so again people that play just there will probably play against Tipperary next weekend and vice versa in, in the Kerry game we'll let, we, we still have a panel of 38 so we, we we have to be trying to be fair to every goal to try and give them game time and to see where they're at before before championship comes around you know so we have games lined up our, our biggest problem at the moment is trying to get venues <laughs> you know and I think that's the problem for every the county team at the moment is like clubs aren't releasing their pitches which is fair enough in the weather conditions that we have you know so that that is the biggest problem at the moment that, that's facing us is trying to get venues and trying to get venues for, for these challenge matches you know well, it's a good problem to have, Trevor. I suppose when you're when you're at, when you're looking to when you're looking to qualify from the group, we hope you find those venues, and we're delighted for you here in the big red bench that you've got that first win under the belt. And we will talk to you again just before the Derry game. But for now, congratulations on beating Kildare in the National League, Camogie League, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Will and Take care. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.